G.I. Joburg, episode 48, and I'm Steve. And I'm Paul. Here's Robert. (laughs) And we're bringing you an episode entitled, The Best of the Rest. Now, G.I. Joe, in the 80s, managed to capture that lightning in a bottle. And obviously, there were a whole host of imitators, like Sergeant Rock, American Defense, and of course, Leonard's The Core! Exclamation point. And those toys sometimes came in at a lower price range, but were mainly just generics and knockoffs, and seldom had anything new to add to what G.I. Joe had already given us. But, every once and every while the competition managed to come up with something that fulfilled a niche that G.I. Joe did not. And tonight, we're going to showcase our nine favorite toys from the competition. Hence, the best of the rest. Hoorah! (laughs) But first, guys, it's been forever. Let's talk, Joe. What burning issues are on your minds? Let's go around the room. Rob, Paul... Hit me with the good stuff. Ooh! <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Um, there's a lot of crazy stuff happening in G.I. Joe land. As many of you guys out there might know, there's no G.I. Joe appearance at Toy Fair this year. <laughs> Toy Fair 2015 is not going to have any G.I. Joe presence. There's been big movements in the pay grades in uh, Hasbro as far as G.I. Joe goes. There's a new guy that's handling it. I can't remember his name. Until he does something really awesome, I will continue to not know his name. Personally, I think that this is a whole big uh, move to try and reinvigorate the brand um, and try to bring it into public consciousness again. There are lots of rumors going on at the moment about different scales, a possible 6-inch line to sort of go with the Star Wars 6-inch black line, which is sent shivers up my spine, I'm not going to lie. Uh, there's also talks of a smaller scale than what we currently have, at least in terms of vehicles. And it's just all rumors, so please take everything I'm saying here with a pinch of salt until stuff gets clarified. It is only the beginning of the year, and it is crazy. Uh, I'm I'm happy, I'm excited, because there's Joe News uh, that is newsworthy. You know, whether you like it or not, just remember, guys, there is, at least for us who collect the 3 three quarter inch and sort of 4-inch scale, there is about 30 years worth of product out there. So if, unless you mark Bellamo you probably still have big holes in your collection. So I'm not going to get all fussed and pissed off about, you know, oh, they're going to make shitty Joes or something because we have a back catalog that we can go and buy from. But there is some controversy. So waiting to hear on that. You guys? What controversy, Paul? What is this controversy well, you speak of? This is the thing that sends shivers up my spine. As, as mentioned earlier, a six-inch line doesn't bother me uh, because I've recently acquired a... Just under six inch, uh, I'd say, what is it, a five inch uh, Master Chief from McFarlane. And he is amazing. I was really not expecting this toy to be this good. And it goes for, I think, the American price tag is probably between 15 or $18. Um, and he's, he's fantastic. He's got 
great paint apps, uh, awesome articulation, uh, some removable parts, uh, and his weapons connect to him. So one up for that figure. Then there's a Batman the Animated Series figure, which is also close to that in scale. And I'm seeing a trend. I mean, it looks like the six-inch articulated figure is coming back in style. And I am hearing from the Joe communities, HisTank.com, Joe Battlelines. There are some guys in the forums that have mentioned that they are excited for a six-inch line, that that's something they've always wanted. And apparently Hasbro is now responding to that. And that's what gives me the heebie-jeebies, because I always thought that we were quite happy with our three three-quarter inch and four-inch scaled figures, or one to 18 scaled figures, rather. So that's that's a bit of a controversial topic at the moment. Where do you um, weigh in on this, Rob? Would you be grateful to have a six-inch scale added to the existing Joe gamut? Eh, not really. I mean, it, it's just it's another excuse to remake the same figures all over again in in a different scale, basically. Mm-hmm. And, and I then assume the, the construction when, would mirror the. 25th, 30th, Pursuit of Cobra, all of that stuff. I mean, the modern uh, construction style. I imagine it's going to follow the Star Wars Black Edition stuff, which is very good, but with Star Wars, I've noticed inconsistencies. Not every one of their figures has the same articulation. Sorry about that bump. Uh, I've got a Boba Fett from that line, and he's got great articulation, and he's awesome, but he has got some constriction stuff happening here and there with pouches and things. They've made some very weird decisions like making the gun soft, but his pouches are still quite a hard plastic, so you can't get a full bend out of his leg, even though his leg is designed to go that far. Things like that. I mean, I'm looking at this Boba Fett. It's actually something I neglected to mention earlier. Sorry, folks. I got one of the Black Series Boba Fetts. And if they do go this way, it's going to be great because these are fantastic toys. And as display figures, you know, maybe owning two or three wouldn't be the end of the world. But uh, I'm not going to lie, I think I'm going to lament missing out on a 4-inch line if they somehow remove that. Which I don't think they're going to, so let's not lose ourselves. But, ooh, I'm scared. (laughs) I'm a little bit worried. (laughs) There's all kinds of scary feelings, and I'm having weird G.I. Joe dreams lately, so... (laughs) So if that's anything to go You got it bad, boy. You're definitely in the right company. Are you having weird G.I. Joe dreams, Robert? I don't really dream much. I'm I'm kind of okay. (laughs) Hmm. It was a very G.I. Joe light uh, Christmas, unfortunately. Uh, South Africa has been plagued by a monstrous postal strike, which I have been made aware of has lifted, but Mm. the effects are being felt to this day. Mm -hmm. To put things in perspective, something that I bought on eBay and had shipped to me in August, only arrived the week leading up to Christmas. So there are vast pools of parcels just knee-deep, I assume, at the postal depots, uh, waiting to be sorted and eventually cleared. And I guess South African Post Office just doesn't have the manpower or the capacity to extend their hours, go into overtime, to sift that stuff. It's a bit frustrating. I have faith that the stuff is still there. If it's not, that's a crying shame and a huge waste of money. But as a result, I did not uh, order any further parcels to spruce up the veritable pile under my Christmas tree. I did, however, 
you know, because I was in, in toy uh, withdrawal, I did take a trip to the local factory toy store just up the road. Sadly, it's closing down. But oh. they are having the most insane clearance sale. So I got a mess of Thundercats toys, actually, for ridiculous prices. Amongst them, the Tower of Omens playset from the 2011 uh, remake of the Thundercats TV series. And it's pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> objectively speaking, it's not much of a playset. It's a tower and a it's gate <laughs> and a catapult and this very, very awkward, silly-looking tricycle thing. <laughs> uh, it's ugly. I mean, it's it's just... It's 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 a slap in the face. I mean, they they included a, a nominal vehicle in the playset, just to say that it includes a vehicle. But really, yeah. uh, that plastic would have been better used almost as anything. Like, <laughs> a, I don't know, another weapon that could be perhaps placed on the battlements or or maybe just use that plastic to bulk up the size of the walls that attach to the sides of the, the main gate. Anyway, it did come with an exclusive Tigra figure that was translucent. And it is the first translucent figure that I've ever purchased or ever possessed. And uh, there's definitely something to a see-through plastic figure. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated. I want more. I think I might... Seriously consider getting the translucent Wraith figure from the 25th anniversary because it's mm. a cool figure and it's a very cool look to have it molded in see-through plastic. Mm. So mm. you've never had a see-through uh, Obi-Wan? Uh, I wouldn't call that an action figure. It didn't have any articulation. <laughs> it was a lump of plastic. It was a statue. <laughs> but yes, Rob, uh, I guess he was see-through. But he blue, was through definitely mm. i had iceman Ooh. Cool. <laughs> yeah, that no. was not an easy figure to find toy business yeah iceman. wow yeah david and i both had one and we both did the same thing we put him in the freezer <laughs> and then he changed <laughs> blue he get like he got like weird blue icicle streaks on him Very, i think about, that is so cool yeah back in a time uh, where action features were welcome that superheroes line did it well they were the also also varied, and they all mm. seemed to manifest that figure's power in some unique way, which perhaps added to the variance or the variety that you got. Mm. Um, I also picked up for a song a very cool um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles playset, which mm -hmm. uh, is styled like a pizza box, but then it unfolds into a a street scene set outside a pizzeria and a dual-leveled sewage playset underneath it. I've seen and that. I was actually considering it at one point. It's very cool. The mechanism cool. that it uses to fold up and out is is perfect. It's, it's amazing how they can manage to cram so much playset into a very compact shape. And uh, it's, it was worth every penny. I paid a whole hundred rand for it. That's ten dollars, listeners. So, I uh, I won that time. That same playset is currently going um, for four hundred and fifty rand at Toys R Us. So, mm -hmm. damn. damn. I, 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 Indeed. <laughs> glad I wasn't a sucker, punk mother. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
gosh, what else can I say? Uh, nothing really. Picked up a few of the Thundercats figures to fill out the collection. Got a Mumra, which was a real peg warmer, because it was a piss-poor figure, I must say. Yeah. About four or five points of articulation, zero from the waist down. Um, and ditto with Wily Kit and Wily Cat. Yeah, what did you guys think of the 2011 Thundercats redesign and uh, new cartoon? I liked it actually very much. I thought it was so very good. So did cause, I. Because I don't love the original Thundercats so much. I like the aesthetic of it. I just can't sit through an episode or two of that show anymore. I don't know why. It just it grates me. I think Snarf has something to do with it, but it's not all Snarf's fault. There's that. And, uh, yeah, I really appreciated the aesthetic. I think the, the aesthetic got me and I really, uh, I like, I really enjoyed what the creative team were doing with that show, but the writing is awesome. It's really, really good writing. There's that one episode in particular with that, uh, creature that only lives for a day. Uh, but for him, it's a whole, it's a lifetime and you get to experience and, and he, he regards Lino as, as his best friend. And, you know, Lino is, it's difficult for Lino to deal with that or for him to understand that at first because, you know, for Lino, it's just another day, you know, and this poor guy, that's his entire life. And I don't know, I just, I, I like the perspective that it brought. I thought it was quite intelligent in a lot of its uh, writing and setting up. It's sad it's that it's a uh, nice arc. It wasn't, mm. you know, it, it had a linear structure, it moved through. Uh, history instead of being episodic, like yeah. uh, like every other 1980s cartoon, GI Joe included, unfortunately. Yep. Rob, did you ever check it out, dude? I'm not really much of a cartoon guy. Like the only cartoon I really watch is Archer, and that's not really a kids cartoon. <laughs> but you um, did purchase some of the Thundercats toys. Yes, yes, yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah, a while ago, while I was in Joburg, I, I picked up two of them. I think it was Lino and then the, the, the gray dude. Panthro. Panthro, yes, yeah, so Lino and Panthro. I quite like the toys. I mean, they have enough articulation, you know, and, um, the design of the toys is quite cool. I mean, I imagine they're very true to the, the cartoon. Like, the look of them are very cartoonish. Yeah, colors very nice. clean. <clears throat> yeah, yes. Bandai and, did a good job there. Yeah. And good, good accessories as well. I mean, especially Lionel with his, his glove and then the, you know, the, the sword as well. Very nice accessories. And then the weird, didn't they have magnets in them or something as well? I didn't understand that. Well, the magnets are a play feature that works into the uh, accessories, like the Tower of Omens. For instance, ah. if you pass the magnet over the gates, you see the gate is constructed like a a, a lion's mouth. So mm. if you pass a magnet over the lion's nose, the doors swing open. Ha! Huh. Hmm. That's pretty cool. Now, I bet none of the bad guy figures have magnets in them. Uh, no, they do. <laughs> oh. Hmm. Access is not denied. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody can get in here. You just need a magnet. <laughs> Back to Christmas. I- I'm glad that the-, the one toy that did get through the uh, the mail strike was my Christmas present for Stephen. Uh, oh, cool. Which was the final MIA figure that that uh, didn't arrive in a long ago shipment that we attempted to get. That is Spirit, and it this does. is a very yes, this is a very cool figure. He's awesome. I love his weird belt thing with his sort of like red side pouches or whatever those are. 
kind of half-dressed thing going on. And I like that his hair is made out of a softer plastic, so he can still kind of move his head around. And it looks nice and casual. Um, and in general, I mean, it's it's a good figure. I think probably the only thing paint that's kind of come off him is his sort of like arm wrist bands. Now it just looks like he's got weird uh, like body <laughs> modifications going on there. <laughs> it's not altogether uh, unlikely, I guess. Yeah, no, I'm sure those are the ones that would sort of go first. Um, no, unlikely that uh, Spirit might have body It has body modification. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and he has his eagle, Spirit, uh, no, what? Freedom. Freedom. <laughs> mm-hmm. Freedom without his legs, though. <laughs> <sighs> he's, so he's not free to walk anywhere, he's free to fly anywhere. You forced my hand, Rob, because now I sound like a, like a bad friend. I, no, not I, I won. I won two uh, spirit auctions and was going to compile the best parts from each and give that to Rob as a Christmas present. But <laughs> unfortunately, only one of them got through, and that was the one that didn't have his file card and didn't have Freedom's feet. So, <laughs> uh. well, it's fine because he kind of slot like you can kind of slot him in behind Spirit's head, like when you have the backpack on, kind of slot him <laughs> in there, use his tail. And he actually, he rests quite nicely there. Rob, this will be rectified in due course. I'll give it another week before I hop on eBay. I'm okay, this is turning into something that is completely boring! Yeah, but I just wanted to say, like, if you <laughs> want to know. I mean, I can't well, Paul, um, your birthday present that I ordered for you on the 1st of October <laughs> has not arrived. So. Yeah, well, Mish has been quite suspiciously eager to go to the post office. <laughs> so I'm like, she's like, I want to go to the post. socks. Well, the cat's out of the bag, friend. But uh, it probably is all in vain because <laughs> that's nowhere to be seen. Anyways, guys, should we or should we not get into the best of the rest? The rest. <laughs> I'm going to get the, the ball rolling. No, Excellent. actually, I'm not going to get the ball rolling. I want Paul to get the ball rolling. Okay. Roll that, Paul. Uh-huh. I'm the boss of you. <laughs> oh god. Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, these are toys that were awesome and that came from a need uh to have something when GI Joe was also in a weird way fading from toy shelves and uh one of these stories is going to come from the fact that uh my dad took me to CNA and uh I wanted to get a GI Joe. I was like, yeah, GI Joe's awesome. And I used to always go and run and check out the toy section and the magazine section. So I always used to go and check out games, magazines, EGM, GamePro, and Nintendo Power, and whatever. And then I'd go and check out the toy section. And I was like, oh, wow. Um, this is really amazing. straight, man. Come on. Yeah. Toys no, exactly. Place. No, well, I mean, I did the toys first. I, I know myself. But anyway. Um, and then I got a stalker, um, a sound attack, or sound. Just, I can't even think of it right now. Talking Battle Commandos. Stalker. Anyway, and I got him, and he was fantastic. And I was like, wow, this figure's really amazing. A few days later, I went with my father. And now, you must understand, listeners, um, with my dad. My dad's one of those people I'm very scared of asking for stuff from, okay? I, like, very seldom ask my dad when I was a kid if I could get a toy, okay? My mom was always the soft target, you know, to sort of negotiate with. But my father was very much like, no, <laughs> you have enough dolls, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Sounds I in- like a dad, all right. There you go. So I go into uh, go and get myself a Cobra Commander or General Hawk, depending on who I felt was more exciting. And these figures were fifty rants. 
Okay, wow. 50 Rand. That's how much those toys were. But next to it was this huge package. And it had, to me, at that age, looked like it looked like, like 50 toys, okay? But it wasn't. It was probably about, what, 9 core or 12 core. But they were on this really long blister card. And it came with one of those tricycles and one of those gray motorbikes at the bottom. And that was like 30 Rand. And then I was like... I've got an in. So I quickly ran to my dad and I was like, this one toy that torques is 50 Rand and this like huge assortment of toys is like 30 Rand. And then he's like, Fotum. So I was like, okay. <laughs> and I bought it. And I got him. I was like really excited. I was like, oh my God, these cool guys are great. But the toy that stood out from that uh, packaging or that, that array of figures, so to speak, uh, was a blue ninja with a red hood. Okay, yes, I know, Captain Original over here. But I really dug that toy because I, I was really big into ninjas and ninja stuff and whatever. And I had so much fun with this dude. And I didn't even know which weapon it was meant to be his because I just sort of like ripped the packet open. But eventually I made, I gave him the crossbow and that he had and he had the bazooka. There was like some like squarey kind of bazooka and he used to run around with that shit. And he was great. I didn't have a name for him, okay, because I could never think of like some cool like ninja name. But like this ninja dude like replaced some of my Joes as my, my key focus. Like I used to run around with this dude and he used to jump in vehicles and like kick cobras and kick G.I. Joes to shit and he was some like weird third party faction and and it was just great. And then around that time I sort of met my buddy Michael Kerrigan who had all of these action force videotapes and then I was sort of introduced to the dreadnoughts. So a lot of those punks from the core ended up being my impromptu dreadnoughts. But in this package, in this whole set, that blue ninja with the red hood was like my ultimate fave. Especially seeing as I had a snake eyes that was decimated by that point. Hiro Yamato. Oh, that his name. Hiro yeah. Tomato. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Tactical profile. An expert covert operative specializes in silent reconnaissance and intelligence gathering. Dossier. Member of an ancient and secret ninja clan. Trained since birth in all major martial arts. He lives by a fierce warrior code. You cannot get a more cliched character sketch if you tried. <laughs> there you go. Oh, and he was that cool. guy. They did I just amuse. dug him. They definitely did amuse. That, oh, that, but, you know, looking at the call, they have so much charm. I, I, I had that, you know that guy with the radiation suit? He was the bad guy. Okay. <laughs> he was the big bad guy. And that, that was so much fun. And I had I, I, I used to love that buzzsaw tricycle thing as well from that set. But yeah, enough about my, 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 my blue ninja with his tiger stripes and whatnot. Because I see there's billions of variants except for my one. I can't find my blue one with the red hood anywhere on the internet, listeners. So you're just going to have to take my word for it. Because it's difficult to search for. So now I'm curious about Rob. I've got a feeling what Steve might be into, but I'm very curious to hear what Rob's first choice would be. Oh, really? Mm. No, then, Paul, you've piqued my interest. If you were to guess, what would be the three toys that I am sure... I can't guess all three. I can't guess all three. I'll, but I'll I know one. If you, if you can guess one, um, you're, you're, you're really amazing. <laughs> I'm not wagering any more of my toys on this show, okay? I'm already two down, I think. I don't anyway, want to say so, Blimslung, but oh, you have... Oh, it's you, mate. You have spoken about some character. Mm -hmm. I don't know what his name is, like Yuckles or something, or some 
dude like that. But he was from the core series, the more modern core with the T crotches. And ah, you, you Carlos used to have... Duarte, the Scorpion. The Scorpion, there we go. I think that's the dude. And <laughs> yeah, you have told me on a few occasions of how awesome this toy was and, and how much fun you guys used to actually have with these T crotch core at one we point. We had fun with them because they were something new. They weren't Joe, mm. but they weren't dressed in blue with a snake fetish. At some stage in my toy buying and playing with history, I became very disenf- disenchanted with the idea of of Cobra. Um, you know, all their exotic vipers and far-out vehicles. I wanted G.I. Joe to face a more real-world threat. I guess I was getting older uh, and needed to convince myself that playing with toys was a serious affair. We don't go yeah. shooting at guys with uh, snake fetishes. We put them in mental institutions. So the core became a uh, cabal of, of drug lords that the G.I. Joes needed to take down. And yes, Carlos Duarte, the Scorpion, was, in fact, a core by the name of Fox. But he is not one of the toys I'm showcasing tonight. Oh, For the simple reason that... The core had a few fatal failings. They were, they were O-ringers that, that took off to Joe in, in every respect, including G.I. Joe's primary weakness, and that is the very frail thumbs on the toys. Mm. But for whatever reason, because of lower costs perhaps, or the grade of plastic used, the core thumbs were even more prone to breakage than G.I. Joe's. In fact, more often than not, any rough play or inserting slightly oversized guns would yield a crack. So Carlos was thumbless. I mean, he was a ruthless, ruthless, drug-peddling warlord with no that thumbs. That couldn't hold a glass with one hand. Yeah. Exactly. Imagine <laughs> you know, how many people he's put to death with those thumbless hands. But mm. yeah, basically that fatal flaw has, has stopped him from being in consideration. And also those early core were kind of fugly, kind of basic. Their proportions were a bit off. Their their feet were way undersized and... and um, oh, yeah. I mean, I had a lot of them lose heels. You know, the heel would break off. And weird boxy torsos. And boxy heads. Joe... <laughs> Sorry. Boxy everything except their arms. Like the guys with exposed arms had the, the puniest little little, little arms. <laughs> when G.I. Joe went into its ugly new sculpt era, of course, the master imitators at Lanard decided to do the same thing with their core line. And the debut new sculpt figures were freaking awesome. Mm. They would go on to do them to death and also include the most god-awful color palette, including, I think, at one stage, white with, like, black leopard spots. (laughs) (laughs) But when these new sculpt core figures debuted, T-Crotch and all... They were amazing. Their decos, their details, they looked grizzled. They looked like they had just emerged from four months in the jungles. And they Mm. instantly made the new sculpt G.I. Joes, which were very clean and very pretty, 
they made them look very toyetic and plastic. And I'll tell you why exactly. It's because the new sculpt core figures had a wash. A paint wash that added so much detail and depth and just all-round ruggedness to the, the, the characters' designs. They looked terrific. And they each carved out such a, an interesting character. I mean, these guys didn't have much backstory, but their figures were so evocative their fa- from their face sculpts right through to uh, their equipment, their sculpted pouches, the creases in their, the fabric of their uniforms, that they instantly became larger-than-life characters. And so Rob, Alistair, and myself, three good childhood friends, endeavored to collect all of them. And we managed to pick up each and every one of the 12 initial figures at the supermarket for, I think, less than 20 rand for a three-pack or four-pack. Yeah, definitely. It's unreal. And they, and included, they, they included a motorcycle and a shit ton of weapons. Mm. So... I mean, Core definitely edged out Joe on economy, and they were damn fine figures. Much better than what Hasbro was producing at the time, I'd say. So these were our premier guys for a time. And who was my most premier of them? Well, a balaclavered fella that looked a hell of a lot like Beachhead as a result. The package would have you believe his name was Justin Case. Um, Which is... I don't need to say, dreadful name. And for some reason, Justin Case was some kind of communications expert. Um, well, the figure was sculpted with a headset mic, but that's about it. The balaclava speaks far more to uh, his inner badass nature. So I went with the handle Bronson, because, of course, Charles Bronson was a god of action movies to my teenage mind. So Bronson was my guy, and um, I definitely need to pi- to include pictures with this episode because uh, it's a damn cool figure, and I need to share it with you all. There's not really much more I have to say about it than that, but it was a very, very good time in my toy collecting and toy playing with era, and it was perhaps the clearest example of the core surpassing G.I. Joe head and shoulders. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I wasn't playing with my Joes at all. The Dirty Dozen, as we called them, <laughs> were our primary go-to team of mercenaries and hired guns. Searching for pictures of the toys I allegedly owned, I stumbled across a two figurines that actually, or from the core, that looked like Steven. <laughs> so I'm going to be sure to, to send them through to you guys so that you can add them to the Facebook, or I can do that. Because I think it'll be great for the for, the, for our listeners. I'm so flattered. And Not one, but two. Wow. Two. Yeah, one is like when you have long hair, and the other one's when you have short hair. The many looks. <laughs> hmm. Let me guess. Uh, Hammer and Jones. <laughs> I have. I don't know their names, dude. Or like John Eagle and Croc. It's like a guy <laughs> with green fatigues and yellow stuff. And then guy with uh, communications gear on his head. Hold on, he's brown fatigues with gray accent, uh, with green ac- accents, and he's got um, uh, a communication headset thing stuck to his head. Uh, uh, I've, I've, that I've, was yeah. Kurt. Yes. Although <laughs> the, 
the Kurt looks like surprised Steven, and then the other one looks like I'm going to do some damage, Steven. So, you know, take your pick, listeners. Uh, something that's amazed me about this line, about these new core, uh, the so-called, uh, what are they called, special forces or something fancy like that. I think it's some weird name. It's like they, they like not, I don't want to say power team, but they've got some name like that. Um, anyway, some of them seem to have holsters. Did they have holsters when they came out back then, when you got your Dirty Dozen originally? Total Soldier, sorry, that's the branding, Total Soldier. The but anyway, first, back to the, the question. The first wave yeah. uh, that Lanard produced of their new sculpt figures, those initial ones that looked so mm. damn cool, all had sculpted sidearms. It was a oh, nice okay. inclusion that they that they that they made such prominent sidearms, but they were not removable. Oh, okay. Mm. But just I, I recently this figure one up. now, yeah. he's a damn fine sculpt, and I'd say he holds up to even modern era GI Joes. Pretty about the T crotch, but man, mm. the fact that he he's built so robustly with no O ring, uh, with no screws, made these mm. figures perfect for really rough play in really rugged conditions. I had no qualms about dragging these guys through the mud. Oh, I said no screw. There's one screw in the figure, and that's in his back. And given the fact that I've definitely submerged this guy on more than a few occasions, I think that screw might be stainless. So, <clears throat> all-round good figure. And with enough weapons to make you not fear losing them, because they're so dime a dozen. <laughs> Yeah, true. Now, I just recently picked up one uh, the other day for like 30 bucks, and he's like some ninja-type character. He's got um, a ponytail, and he comes with a sword, and you c he's got a sheath on his back, and it's quite sort of well-hidden. So he's got a sheath on his back. He's got a backpack, like a some kind of glaive kind of thing that he can throw, um, or that's his backpack, and then he's got a holster for his 9 mil. And it's, yeah, it's cool. He's a great little toy. I was uh, I was actually what what made me pick them up in the first place is I I actually had a closer look at their face sculpts and I was like wow these guys have got a lot of expression they they're very alive and I'm kind of tempted to pick up more that's right listeners I'm going to defect a little and probably get some new modern core in my life because some of them are pretty badass except for the except for the fact that they make some really amazing sculpts but they have like shitty pre bent leg poses and crap they might as well be plastic army men anyway. Rob, dying to hear yeah. about your 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 trio of misfits. My one choice is also from the um, dirty. Or maybe dozen. not one. From the dirty dozen, I'd probably say all four of them would count as as one entry because they you know they they are a team and they work together. I'm just glad we did get into into them at the start, you know, before they devolved from awesome to basically what the fuck. Um, <laughs> it's just it's just incredible that they put so much effort into it initially, and then eventually they were like. Yeah, we can still sell these, and they can look like crap. Uh, but that practice has been used, been used by Lanard since the early days of Core. Well, no, definitely. They had a couple of molds, and then they were just to change the colors on them, essentially. Gray, purple, um, turquoise, yellow, pink, whatever. Yeah, any, any color under the sun. You know, they have those same couple of molds. They just punch them out in different colors. But, um, yeah, so I think my number three choice is, is my team of four. Uh, I... I he named them Eagle Eye, which is the, the first guy, which isn't really much of a change because, I mean, I think his original name as a core figure is 
Eagle Eye or John Eagle or something. Ooh. And he was cool because he looked like an old dude. Because the cool thing about these figures is just the way they looked often suggested like character and personality, which is quite awesome. He was kind of old man team. It's like, oh, I'll shoot that guy for you. Yeah. <laughs> I can get in position first. And he was even <laughs> attired like a bit of a pensioner. As I recall, he had a like a a knitted jersey, a green pullover, basically. Yeah, yeah. He's got the rope on him, and then he's got the knitted jersey. Yeah, my grandchild this for week. He had like yes. a, also a woolen beanie. <laughs> and a woolen beanie. Yeah. So he's he, you know his wife or whatever sort of made all the stuff for him, and you know. In between, uh, you know, bouncing one of his grandchildren on his on his knee, his kick, his, you know, doing headshots. Just <laughs> <laughs> give me a moment, little Timmy. He's gotta shoot this terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the first one. My my second one was uh, Harlan Harry. Why I called him that is because the expression on his face is like it looks like he's shouting. He's got this big, like, handlebar moustache, black hair, black moustache, and his facial expression is he's shouting. That's what he would do. He's, like, he would just, like, I'm going to shoot that guy right now. This is full and flat Buckshot. I mean, it's awesome. I had visions was, of your dude acting out his sort of Pokemon naming convention, you know, just popping up going, hurry, hurry, hurry. <laughs> and then they're like, what? <laughs> There's three terrorists around the bend. Harry, 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 Harry. That's just my thing. I'm sorry. It was something like that. It was because he has like because he has shotguns on him. I would always only equip him with a shotgun. So that's what he did. He ran around with a shotgun, just blasting people to pieces. So he was probably my favorite of my four. The third one I named Paddy, just because I think I wanted to do an Irish accent for this. He's one of the only ones who has a beret, or he was the guy with the beret of the original line. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he had an Irish accent, and, and he was fun to play with. Um, and then my, my last one was Viper. Because he kind of, to me, he looked like Snake from uh, Norgia Solid. So I just kind of made him Viper, and he kind of had like a whispery voice, and he was very silent, but violent. <laughs> like a fog. Definitely, yeah, he went, you know, that's the mm. last thing you heard before you died. Fart. I did see this glistening knife and... What was that noise? That's just... That's just so mean. Uh, just my imagination. And, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my, my entire dirty dozen awesome team. Um, they were just always so much fun to play with. Because of the way they were made, as Stephen said, there was just no hold bar. You dump them in the water, they, they sort of trudge into the mud. Um, and they came out the other side looking better, basically, <laughs> because they were so dirty in the first place. Um, I'm scratching some uh, caked mud off of Bronson as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> See, and the figures are still good. And and the interesting thing, I mean, the, like the hands, I sometimes struggle to find the right gun to put in them. But like, otherwise, I mean, they, they held the guns really well. And they're such a nice assortment of like stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Which is 
really cool. So that's my that's my number three pick. Is my my entire team of of the dirty dozen. And that brings us <laughs> up to Paul's middle child. Again, <laughs> okay, here we go. Okay, so this is gonna come as a big surprise. The yellow core Jeep, the most elusive core Jeep on the internet, apparently. Love the shit out of this Jeep, okay? Understand, ladies and gentlemen, I loved my Joe vehicles. You know, these toys were amazing, okay? But it was limited to a Warthog, a Bug, possibly a Devastator. I'm not sure if I had it already or if I destroyed it by then. A Fang 2, and yeah, that was about it for my sort of collection that I can think of right now. So my Joes needed, like, a standard vehicle, okay? Mm, Not You missed out on the vamp, huh? Yeah, there was no vamp. There's no way I would ever get a vamp. I mean, I didn't even know the vamp existed, dude. <laughs> that's that's how it was. So I was like, there's this glaring hole in my collection, and um, I had to fill it with something. I, I needed a Jeep. So when I saw this Jeep, I was like, yay, that's a really shitty gun. I'll throw that off. And then I just I enjoyed that thing. I think I I think I had, I actually played with it until into oblivion. Uh, it's gone. I. <laughs> I haven't seen any traces of it. <laughs> you did since. that with quite a few of your toys, Paul. Yeah, but I think, I also think I had like really shitty, like sketchy friends and stuff that came over and stuff and sometimes like snuck this shit in their bag and then, you know, when I wasn't looking or asked if they could borrow it and I just never got it back and stuff like that, you know, because I mean, shame, like, let's put it this way, my parents got me a lot of cool shit and my parents were often like, oh no, let them play with it and it'll be like, oh god, you know, and then, you know, stuff would just go because... <laughs> So, yeah, such is my life. But I really enjoyed that Jeep. And um, it it was just my sort of de facto Jeep. And over time, it's been replaced in a weird way by um, some of the, well, obviously the new 4x4 vamp, which to me sort of harkens back to that yellow Jeep in a lot of ways because it's got a lot, that yellow Jeep had a lot of space. I don't know if you guys had one. I, I remember recall, it. man, it had it one up the or two up the vamp by having space for four figures. Mm. That's and right. Perhaps additional standing room if you really wanted to cram them in. It's yeah. A very versatile open top jeep. Yeah, yep. it was a lot of fun and uh I did cover yeah. it and I never got it. But then again, I had a tiger sting from early on, so I guess I had a jeep. Hmm. No, you that that was really awesome. So, um, so that was it for me. You know, that was something that I really that I had and that I I enjoyed quite a lot. And it it actually brought me a lot of joy as a kid, um, just bashing this thing around. And it was just also great because at the time, you know, sometimes and like Dave, my Chinese buddy, didn't have any kind of APCs or anything to that effect either. So often we would swap. Sometimes he would have the the Warthog and I'd use the Jeep, and you know, so it was cool. It made things fair. You know, in a time when you're kids, where things sort of needed to be fair, you know, in a lot of respects. So I was very happy I had that Jeep. And I and I do miss it. And the reason I know I can't find it on the Internet is not just because I looked for it this past week, but I've actually tried to find it before on eBay. Oh, nostalgia, man. It's uh, with no thing. real luck. I also remember a boat, but I don't remember it that well. And I don't know if it was even core. It might have just been a boat from some other toilet. I don't know. But I also oh, no. remember I had a boat at one stage as well. It was well. from Core. It Not really called... a boat. It's like a dinghy. Like a... Yeah, it looked like an inflatable, but with like a sort of armored conning tower in the middle. Um, and then a, a, yes. a, a death charge launcher at the back and a wave runner, that like a jet ski. 
Uh, oh. It was called Piranha, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I that's actually right sounding familiar. Mm. Wow, very cool. I very, very cool. Oh, nice. Yeah. Apparently, within the core ranks, because I've been looking around, and I'm sort of trying to pick up smatterings of fandom here and there, but they, they did like a jet ski range. Um, oh, God, like yeah. It was like a water sports line that they did. But apparently those jet skis are quite collectible. They were motorized. As That's cool. I, I think they are. I've only seen pictures. They're like shiny. <laughs> They're like very disco. But uh, yeah. So that was me. That's that's me for my second. That's my middle child. Is my yellow Jeep. <laughs> which brought me lots of fun. And we'll be sure to include pictures of these nine showcase vehicles or action figures on our Facebook page. So listeners... Find G.I. Joe Berg on Facebook, and there you will find some pictures. Maybe I'll get some out onto Twitter as well. But yes, <laughs> for now, you'll just have to live with its handle, the Yellow Core Jeep. Yellow Core Jeep. Lack, lack of a better <laughs> word. And uh, to clear up any confusion, the Yellow Jeep was renamed the Field Vehicle in the later 90s. So if you are searching for it, it uh, would possibly be called Field Vehicle, and was done up in a tan and mottled brown camo scheme. And the patrol boat, the patrol boat is what I had, and yes, it was indeed nicknamed the Piranha or the Tactical Assault Craft. No batteries required. And check this out. On the packaging, it says... For use with all other three and three quarter inch action figures, including the Core, GI Joe, and American Defender. Oh wow! Mm. And they even credit the Core is a registered trademark of Leonard Toys Limited, GI Joe is a registered trademark of Hasbro Industries Incorporated, American Defender is a registered trademark of Remco Industries Incorporated. So, it's amazing to me that the generic toys. Um, reference the other toys, but at the same time, what have you got to lose? It's a selling point that your toy can interact with the big dogs. Yeah, totally. I think it's only to their benefit to do such a thing, you know? Absolutely. But uh, I think it's uh, my turn to throw another toy into the cauldron. I wouldn't be able to tell you what its handle is because I threw away the packaging almost as instantly as I got it. But the Chap May Toy Company have been producing a very, very useful transport helicopter which looks a lot like the Chinook. And it is vast. And that is the reason why it is on my list. Because this helicopter is bigger than any other chopper, um, and I'm not talking about the more scale-accurate toys like Blue Box. It is vast. Now, you might think that the Tomahawk is a transport helicopter. No, friends. The Tomahawk is an assault copter with a bit of troop capacity. The Chinook, made by Chapmay, or whatever they called it, transport helicopter perhaps, is a true transport helicopter to the point that you can actually fit a vamp inside its cavernous hold. <laughs> and they have made these things with police markings done up in blue, 
fire department markings done up in red, military with a grey, black, and white camo scheme. They've even done it in lime green as part of a wild... Like a dinosaur hunting thing. But it was, it was, I think it was called Wild Quest. And basically, I think it was a bunch of poachers because they ran around carrying guns and came with like beasts. I remember this particular <laughs> Chinook came with a massive cage that you could either put inside it or dangle underneath it because lo and behold, the thing has a very cool heavy duty hook. Um, underneath its belly, uh, and you could dangle this cage and load it with <laughs> a giant gorilla. Holy shit, that's awesome. Mm. Is that the same one that is available in Toys R Us in the um, stores at the moment, currently? I that, um... presume so. Okay, because I'm sold. I've been looking at that thing for the last five months now, and I've been wondering. It's... <laughs> makes its way onto my list by actually usurping the Osprey, also made by Chap May, and with a very similar design, being cavernously hollow, um, you'd be able to fit a lot into it. But the Chinook has even more capacity than that. In fact, the Chinook has more capacity than the transport plane that Chap May produced several years oh, wow. ago. Which, which is currently in stores as well, the Shark or something. Mm. Which you might think, hey, this is bizarre. How can the helicopter be bigger than uh, a transport plane, which it clearly uh, occupies much more box space? But the proof of the pudding is in the eating, friends, or in the stuffing, I should say, because you, as I say, could drive a vamp up the back of the Chinook and park it quite comfortably. You cannot do the same with the Osprey or with the transport plane. So this bad boy is top of the pops, fulfilling a niche that no other vehicle made by G.I. Joe or or made by the com- competition has filled. And it's got its fair share of features as well. Apart from the rather banal uh, sound and light feature, which is best ignored, it has a pivoting heavy-duty cannon on its port side, an opening door that slides quite inconspicuously aside on the, the port side as well, and a rescue winch, which <laughs> winds itself in with a very satisfying... Well, I do like that. <laughs> Any day going. now. Wow. <laughs> it's a very graceful design. That was about a foot of rope being winched into the housing. And unlike the Tomahawk's design, which has a winch suspended underneath the vehicle, uh, going basically nowhere, this winch allows you to pull crew members or a stretcher bed actually onto a little platform. Which oh, then mm. they can they can enter the, the the aircraft that way. Of course, the back gate also drops open, 
to facilitate either troops being um, basically thrown in there because there is no seating inside, so you just have to like cram them, or as I said before, vehicles driving up and parking inside. It came with some soft goods uh, like a mesh that you could hook to the underside, to the the, 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 the the hook on the underside of the craft. And it also came with, and this is probably my, my favorite little bonus inclusion, a rubber stepladder, which had little loops that you could then fasten to the, um, the step on the port side next to the door. Wow. So you'd slip, those, slip the ladder over the, the little notches, and someone could effectively climb up, and into the craft while it hovered overhead, which I think is just so thoughtful from a toy company that was a bit off the wall for sure, but definitely made some quality and very, very rugged toys. It has a carry handle, which I'm not going to argue with because sometimes handling bigger toys can be a bit awkward. At least this gives you a logical place to, to grasp it. Mm. And... Uh, the rotor blades spin quite freely. So yes, a winner on all all fronts. And you, you could snap those rotor blades out just as easily. And they fold. So in a number of ways, this behemoth has the tomahawk beat. In spite of its size, because its rotor blades are foldable, it has a smaller footprint. And that, friends, when you're talking about shelf space, <laughs> is a very important consideration. And you heard that right here, folks, on G.I. Joburg. <laughs> As I said before, um, the military variant was not available when I had the shekels to purchase. So I wound up getting the Wild Quest version in its beautiful lime green palette. <laughs> Instantly wow. covered it with black paint, and I'm so glad I did. Because it uh, does look pretty respectable next to Power Team Elite Blackhawks. Makes mm. up a nice little chopper uh, squadron. So that's me, gents. How about you, Rob? Awesome. Well, speaking of Power Team Elite uh, Blackhawks... <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling you might. <laughs> that's my number two. Um, <clears throat> these things are awesome. And the good thing about them was that I, I found only one but two at, at, at a shopping mall. Um, at kind of like a supermarket. I was like, yeah, these are mine. Well, mine and Steven's. Um, what a guy. <clears throat> the cool thing about them is that they just look really good. Mm. They actually look like what a Black Hawk looks like. It's not like I someone... I the pride. scale, actually. They're nicely scaled to the figures. Compared to, like, the Blue Box um, Pave Hawk, for instance, or Black Hawk, produced by, I think it's called Elite Forces, these are scaled down to a far more manageable size. Oh, yes, that's true, actually. Uh, you also have one of those, don't you? Mm-hmm. I think you're right. But these are wonderful because they have sliding doors so you can put, put the figures in, the seating for the figures inside. You know, the doors in the front also open and close and a nice sort of see-through plastic panels in the front as well. Yes, which one-ups the Chapmay stuff, which sadly doesn't have any kind of see-through plastic, see-through plastic. Uh, yeah, at all. faux glass. At all, but I mean, know. well, they could have taken this a step further and put faux glass on everything. But still, it's just it's nice that the front has it, and there's like a cool little like it's not a blinking light, but it kind of makes you know it makes it look like it's a little light, a little sort of like red thing on the back, mm. um, on top of the thing. Um, 
And these are just really awesome because at a time I think when when we we didn't have tomahawk, did we or did we? We didn't. Uh, the chronology of this goes as follows: we uh-huh. <laughs> we used to use a Playmobil bus. <laughs> yes. Our transport helicopter sort of mock-up, just so that we could enact the interior scenes of the transport helicopter. Mm. And then we got the Chapmay Chinook. I think it must have been the late 90s, maybe the early 2000s. And uh, this I actually dubbed the Tomahawk 2 because it wasn't a Tomahawk, but it has dual rotor blades and it was a transport helicopter. So in honor of the legendary Tomahawk, which I was aware of but hadn't ever had in the flesh – this was dubbed the Tomahawk 2. And then several years after that, and after we got a Tomahawk in our possession, we got these Blackhawks. So they kind of added to our growing chopper fleet. But for a time, they really surpassed everything because they looked so damn sexy. Mm. Very much so. And just, I mean, just the plain black without any any weird color accents. It's gorgeous. Power <clears throat> Team Elite certainly have carved out a great niche as producing some fantastic toys at very affordable prices and they don't seem to compromise nothing nothing ever smacks of like stupid (laughs) yeah it's it's not like with some of them especially with chapman when like you get it looks perfect the one side which is being displayed to you and then (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's got the stickers on it's got the little like you know like wording or whatever and then you turn it around and it's this plain 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 (laughs) it's like oh wow so I should only play with it from this angle. <laughs> well done, China. You got me. <laughs> um, but yeah, these these things are brilliant, and I'm just glad that we have yeah more than one. I mean, it just looks impressive when you're kind of like flying them around and you're landing them, and the dudes jump out. Um, yep, it sucks when very... only one of you gets to play with it, and the other guy has to like watch, make conversation. <laughs> exactly. That's why it's always nice to have more than one sort of flying vehicle, especially, I think. I agree fully. And, and so, that's why it comes back to my Jeep story as well. It is always cool when you and your buddy can both have a vehicle that you could, like, parade around with. Yeah, exactly. Instead of one guy, like, manning the base while you go on a recon mission in your, in your garden. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, that, that's my number two, the uh, Power Team Elite UH-60 Blackhawk. Which brings us back to me. Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. Forest horse? Desert camel? <laughs> Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? Forest horse, desert camel? PTE did animals. Oh, shit, yeah. They're awesome. But we never got, got any. Damn it. But they look so damn cool, and they're fully articulated. Oh. Yes, an articulated camel. I mean... Hell yeah. Yeah, that's a gap in my collection. I'm not going to lie. I've got tons of vehicles, but I don't have no camels. you got to have a camel. Exactly. What an absolutely novel toy. Any listeners want to send us a, a camel? Please, please do. <laughs> or a, a pair of uh, freedom feet. Or one of those horses. <laughs> <laughs> freedom feet. Sorry, I just. Th- th- although, in my defense, Freedom Feet does sound like a good brand name for like a pair of horses. 
As if anyone's still in the dark, Rob's freedom, spirit's eagle, has no feet. Yeah. And while you're yeah. at it, let's not stop there. Paul's Polly also needs some feet. <laughs> For his oh, no. classic shipwreck. Yeah, his vintage shipwreck. I'm just so putting that out there. Pop, pop, pop them in an envelope, send them to us at Facebook. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. We'll we'll figure it out. Just get a hold of us. Anyway, enough plugging our needs. <laughs> we need walkie-talkies <laughs> without the talkies. Yes. Just the walkies. Yes. Just the walkies. I don't know what you just <laughs> said, man, but I'm just going with it. It's if you go to, like, a butchery and you purchase the chicken heads and feet, they call them walkie-talkies. Oh. Wow, I've I've never done that before, so... Well, you haven't lived, friends, and you call yourselves Africans. No, uh, it was probably said in, like, Afrikaans near me. <laughs> Moving along. Barky talkies. Barky talkies. Okay, so... Lupi pratis. Listeners, if you're bearing with us, congratulations. We've devolved into uh, somewhat of a... I don't know. We're just so thrilled to to, to speak to one another again. This is Definitely, we we don't talk to each other when we when when we're not doing a podcast. Exactly. I don't like even know these guys. It. Rob, who Paul? We what? like to keep it real. Yeah, real uh, anonymous ish. <laughs> anyway, they are number one. Okay, so well, I don't know if I call it my number one because this is the problem with these with these three. I can't like decide which is the ultimate ultimate, but because they're all pretty ultimate in their own regard. But um, I'm going to tell you before I, I tell you my actual figure. I'll tell you what I'd had to go up against. Um, I very recently, when Steve was up here, saw, uh, ventured forth into Santon, and then went to explore the checkers uh, there, which is it's a local gr- a grocery store. And I often go like you guys on the show. We often will go into the pick and pays or the grocery stores and the obscure toy shops and the budget toy shops and all that stuff because we're always looking for that special something. And I, I think in a lot of ways that's you know part of what makes this specific episode very special because we have found excitement in other toy lines. Okay, so I don't have to you know get into that too much, but we ventured off into checkers and I found a PTE Chenilworth which is a damn cool little desert buggy or dune buggy. It's very accurate compared to its military counterpart. They look very much on the same, they're on the same vein visually. And it fills a niche uh, that I have in my collection. I don't own an striker. Pretty sure I'd get an striker one day, but I really like my channel worth and it's a lot of fun. And uh, it's PTE, of course, and they make great stuff. And I find that it's the one PTE vehicle where... You could put a modern era or a vintage Joe in it, and they sit pretty comfortably. You don't have to do too much uh, sort of articulation fuckery to get it in there, uh, if you know what I mean. And and it's just it's a great toy. And that had to go up, and that's been competing with um, the core Laser Force. It's some disco shiny green chromed spacesuit wearing core figurine I found the other day in one of my toy boxes and it just a whole bunch of memories just came sweeping right back with it that toy I got when Dave and I when we were playing with G.I. Joe's and stuff uh, when we were sort of going through the sort of super powered anime phase of our G.I. Joe collecting when pretty much 
all the G.I. Joes we owned were sort of redconned, <laughs> so to speak, and recombobulated is another interesting word to use for that, into like super powerful space-faring fighting dudes. And this sort of came about with the Street Fighter G.I. Joes. So my neon green guy was quite unique because that's something David never had. And yeah, he was like some badass. Now, I couldn't tell you what his powers were or anything, but there was lots of flying around and aerial punches and, you know, zero degree ice blasts and all kinds of stuff, all inspired by different animes, ranging from Dragon Ball Z to Saint Seiya to God knows what else. And that figure does trump my my channel worth just a little bit and does make it onto this list because it's pretty special in that regard. It was... It pretty much came to the end of, of my joke collecting, but yeah, great memories with that toy. In fact, um, having a look at the pictures now, I realized that uh, I've obviously lost its battery-powered laser light and shield, which I think were actually pretty cool if memory serves. And yeah, that's my Laser Force Core guy. I don't even know what his name is, um, but there will be a picture of him. Uh, I did manage to actually find pictures of him. And I was actually barking up the wrong tree trying to find it because I originally thought it was a space force, but it turns out it's laser force. Laser force. And they also had individually written uh, dossiers, as I recall. It's possible. I had uh, a guy whose armor was like hot pink. <laughs> 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 but they were all chromed and looked pretty handsome. Well, pretty yeah, handsome they were when they were new. Cool them. Yeah, they came with yeah. laser weapons, didn't they? Like little, like, Laser. Light up things, yeah. yeah. A backpack that would uh, have two two items basically that would would light ups. Um, yes, that's right. Yeah, like light a little up gun thing. Or shield. You press the the button and then the, the weapon would light up or something. Mm, yeah. And, well, yes. My my guy had a, a sort of a disc that would, that was like a hoverboard basically, and yeah. a cutting torch. I think I'm looking at him right the now. Torch to his arm, and you put his feet on the circular disc and he'd fly around so some of them came with shields some of them came with guns some of them came with hoverboards actually I can remember getting it from checkers at uh, at Krista which is where I found lots of oddities actually uh, including the G.I. Joe New Sculpt era double pack with Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes that came with the DVD I was overjoyed when I found that I was uh playing around with the idea of saying, you know, one of my favorite sort of G.I. Joe uh, knockoff competitors uh, figures was actually the New Sculpt era G.I. Joes. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, but uh, that's just mean. But uh, yeah, I'll stand by that statement. <laughs> I don't like a lot of those figures. I'm, I'm not going to lie. And on to you, Stephen. The last toy that I'd like to showcase is a vehicle, once again. No surprise there. And it's something that I realized today, I don't think G.I. Joe's really ever managed to fulfill this role. Partly suggested by the vehicle itself, and partly also just a, a play pattern that I absolutely adored uh, following with my G.I. Joe's. But it is a van, Produced by LJN in 1986 for a toy series called Bionic 6. We are a family. I fight for them. They fight for me. As close as we can. 
A family brought together by faith and given superpowers through the miracle of modern science. Called the Mobile Utility Energizing Station, or Mules Van. And this toy, for those of you who are familiar with the cartoon, was featured quite prominently. In my G.I. Joe-verse, it was like a covert ops van. I mean, you need something nondescript to get your guys into position. And this was like... I suppose, like a surveillance van. And it came very well equipped for that task. On either side were flip-up panels that exposed a bevy of, like, computer equipment and surveillance equipment. There was a map. There was a TV screen that had, like, three green dots, which looked like, I don't know, um, like almost like a, a precursor to a GPS or a, a tracking system. It had what looked like radar maps, energy readouts. And on the other side, this fantastic sort of spinning dial mechanism, which to this day remains a mystery to me. <laughs> oh, yes, it had something to do with mobile utility energizing station. <laughs> but whatever that means is neither here nor there. But it had two very impressive features built in. The first, which occupies the bulk of its interior, is a platform that raises up through the body of the van and pops out the roof. The intention is that you put a motorcycle from the Bionic 6 range called the dirt bike mm-hmm. on that oh, that's platform. That's a quad bike. No, it was a it was a motorcycle. Well, more accurately, a tricycle because its wheels yes. split. There we go. That I had that three. actually. Mm. Yeah. So that would pop out through the roof, and you'd have a cool pursuit bike, which perfectly meshes with the intended use for this vehicle for my Joes as like a covert ops van. The front end of the vehicle would split in two, and the quad bike from the Bionic 6 line would emerge. So it's three vehicles in one, plus the computer tech, plus the fact that it's a van with very sexy chrome hubcaps, and it could hold a ton of figures. If you weren't partial to having a motorcycle inside the body of the van, you could cram it with figures quite comfortably. Hell, I even recall fitting, and I don't know how I did this, because to to this day it remains a mystery, I remember even fitting figures inside the side panel areas. They somehow managed to cram in there. I don't know. It falls foul in one respect, in terms of cartoon accuracy, in that in the cartoon, the mule's van was capable of flight, and when it went into flight mode, 
the side panels acted like wings or airfoils. Uh, with the toy, they don't hold themselves out at a 90 degree angle. They either have to be raised vertical or gravity will pull them in um, and they'll drop down to their closed position. Uh, but that is pretty much the only inaccuracy that this toy has. For the rest of it, it is beautifully cartoon accurate and a very, very fine vehicle. Well, okay. The other inaccuracy is that the cab doesn't seat four. It only seats two. Three, if you include um, putting figures on the quad bike. And how there is space for a second figure to sit on top of the quad bike. So this was quite an impressive toy. As I say, three toys in one. Apparently, the quad bike and the dirt bike were not included with the mule's van, but I seem to remember getting them all at the same time one Christmas. So that didn't bother me none. When I got that Bionic 6 dirt bike, uh, mine didn't come in packaging. In fact, there was like a, a like a cage kind of thing, and they had figure they had vehicles and stuff in packaging, and then they had a whole bunch of them sort of loose in baggies with uh, instruction manuals, you know, as if they were, had come out of the packaging or as if they were sort of bundled with something else and then they were taken apart. I mean, my brain didn't see this. My mom was just like, you're getting the one in the bag. It's cheaper. Okay? And I still didn't get the cool monkey. Fluffy. Okay? Fluffy. Which now, I saw the other day. Story, <laughs> that story rings true for us as well, I think, because I have re- recollection of getting the, the dirt bike, the mule's van, and the quad at the same time, but I have no recollection of the dirt bike and the quad's packaging. Mm. However, I have the van's box in very pristine condition um, wow. still to this day. So I think perhaps similarly, uh, my folks got the, the, the bikes loose. Mm. It uh, seems like... That was all about. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got I got I got the quad bike separate. I mean, I own the quad bike. I think for a while I had the packaging. So yeah, you you definitely did get them separately. Interesting. Hey? And the quad uh, bike had the most impressive and very um, finely engineered feature. Mm. If you rotated the back tires, the mm. gun on top of the the roll cage would uh, pulsate in and out. The barrel would would extend and, and retract. Yes. And this mechanism relies on a very, very fine piece of gut that runs all the way from the wheels through the roll bars into the housing of the cannon on the roof. Wow. Which is amazing. <laughs> like, what? And my, the, the gut on mine is still intact, but... And for the longest time, the mechanism worked, but I sadly have discovered that it works no more. I'm actually looking at a picture of the van right now, and that thing is very cool. It actually, was the ultimate, man. That Back is in the, the day, best, dude. it seemed to marry very nicely with characters like Shockwave and Lowlight, guys who I envisioned in an urban setting. And that was a play pattern that I really enjoyed. It was often the Joe's job to sneak into some highly guarded, very secure building mm. and 
download the files of the computer drives or steal something of importance or um, rescue someone. And it was always this urban setting that, that gave rise to the mules van seeing a lot of use. Very cool. Mm. Very, very cool. It's probably, it's, it's kind of why I own uh, an A-Team van now because it's, it's, you know, it's a obscure kind of, you know, it's, it's an everyday thing. I mean, you know, you take off the fin or whatever, you can kind of dumb it down to be sort of an everyday kind of, I don't know, DIY or uh, electrician's van or something like that for the exact same purpose, you know, to have some kind of covert vehicle that isn't necessarily, you know, full of machine guns or anything, you know, hidden inside. So it's a good purpose. But you, you are right, that is a niche that G.I. Joe should fill at some point, especially when they had their whole spy troops line. I mean, God, that would have been a great opportunity for something like that. Sometimes I just never capitalized. I had the dirt bike and that yellow, little yellow buggy thing. I'm looking at the pictures mm. now. I'm like, yeah, I had I them both. I think they called it the Quad Runner, Bionic mm. Quad Runner and Bionic Dirt Bike. That's correct. Yeah, I'm looking at them right now. Apparently, the playset is very rare for Bionic Six. But anyway, they were I cool agree. toys. They only they saw one cool series, toys. but uh, and they definitely were inspired by GI Joe. I mean, the articulation is almost exactly the same, oh, except agreed. not quite as robust. Even the packaging is the same. Bubble on the right side of the card, uh, mm. you know, card art, some kind of super graphic, and um, the logo and stuff. Is It's all there. It's positioned very much. I'd almost be... If I can find the back of one, okay, I can see no file card, so they didn't push it that far. <laughs> <laughs> but these but, figures were definitely much heavier, though. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Shit ton all heavier. of the metal pieces and... It's something that they would have changed or scrapped. My niece was handling Dr. Scarab today, and that is one heavy, solid lump of steel. Mm. Like, she threw it onto the floor, Mm. and I I was worried that she would hit her her foot. Mm. And, like, then there would be tears, (laughs) because Dr. Scarab is a bloody heavy toy for us. Oh, no, very much so. I mean, when he dropped him, he kind of went, dunk! Oh, yeah, he did indeed. Thankfully, did not take out Baby Yana's pinky toe. Uh, yay! <laughs> My third one um, is, is 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 a core figure, um, but one of the slightly older ones. Um, <clears throat> no way. Well, not slightly older ones. I mean, he's a fairly newish. I mean, he isn't one of the the dirty dozen, but um, he is. Um, I mean, I'm not sure what his name was. I think it was probably. Um, He's probably a variant on like Boomerang Billy or Jones. Um, or maybe his name actually was Shooter Sam, but I think that's what we Shooter Sam! That is his name. I have is that his... actually his name? Oh, God. It is indeed. I have the, <laughs> I'm I looking have the at back a catalog, of his packaging so. right now. <laughs> that was a very cool figure, because the cool thing was that I, I was. Uh, I was I was sort of going around um, a local mall, and I found these um, packs of... The mall that you currently work at, in fact. Yes, that's right, yeah. And, well, as we mentioned earlier, what, you know, what the core figures lack in thumb strength, they make up for in value. Because, I mean, (laughs) you've got a ton of these bloody figures. And such a lovely variety. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a variety. So, I mean... Shooter Sam was my was probably my favorite of the bunch, um, and seconded by uh, Tracker Tom, 
they made a lovely uh, <laughs> duo. This track at home was basically wow. Can you uh, believe it? There was actually a um, a Rick Ranger. What? True story. Uh, Rick Ranger, Tracker Tom, and Shooter Sam. Yeah, wow. but but Shooter Sam was my favorite. Tracker Tom came second because he he's he's basically an a Native American and he came with a bow and an, and a very cool quiver which with with individual arrows, which is kind of cool. But back to Shooter that. Sam. Yeah, carry on. <laughs> Why Shooter Sam was cool is that before we got the Dragonfly and the original Wild Bull, we were kind of stuck with more than one of the horrible blue and white battle core figures of Wild Bull. I don't know why, but somehow we had like two or three of them mm-hmm. for some uh, weird reason. So that was, yeah, that was, was the only one that we had. It was desperation. That's... There weren't any Joes left except that. We just yeah, bought it because it said G.I. Joe on the package. We got Even so I many. Have two. Like seriously, <laughs> I think Steve gave me one, which I'm I'm happy about, and I've got parts of my old one. <laughs> okay. Oh, goodness. But this okay, guy. I couldn't even just... lose that fucker. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> but this guy was a much better wild bull because I mean he looks so awesome. He's basically his entire outfit is done in black, um, and then he has straps on him which were kind of a cool brown color with like like a big knife on his chest. And then strapped to his legs are two silver shooters. And probably, you know, why they call him Shooter Sam, because he's got these cool six shooters on his hips. So he was probably one of my favorite figures to play with, because, you know, he was always just ready to shoot things. I didn't even bother giving him guns. It was like he had guns. And he was so, <laughs> he was so quick quick to draw them that you don't even see him put them back. He was like, <laughs> back in the I don't um, even have to give this guy guess. You circumvented <laughs> the thumb weakness that way. Exactly. You see, his thumbs he, are probably still perfect to this day. You never saw a gun in his hand. He was that fast. He was that fast. <laughs> <laughs> he would draw fire, you'd be dead, and the guns would be back in their holsters before you could blink an eye. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, so Shiro Sam was a cool figure. He, he would fly the choppers, um, and he would just look awesome. He's probably, my, yeah, my favorite core figure because he just looks so good. It's just not like some sort of weird brown or green color because I think a lot of the original ones had very weird brown or gray or sort of weird color schemes. He's just dressed all in black with the handle, handlebar mustache. Um, yeah, so he's, he's probably one of my, my favorite non-G.I. Joe figures. Shooter Sam. Because the eyes of the ranger are upon you. <laughs> Any wrong you do, he's gonna see. So when, when you're, in, you're Texas, in Texas, look, look behind, behind you. Because that's, that's where the ranger where the ranger's gonna be. Gonna be. I'm <laughs> actually be. looking at your shooter, Sam, right now. In fact, it's from a real South African hero on Blogspot. I know that guy. I know that guy. That's incredible, hey? Yeah, and he's actually got a picture with uh, Tonto. Um, uh, that would be Tracker Tom. <laughs> that would be Tracker Tom. Uh, wow. I struggled. I couldn't find a picture of that dude anyway. It's a it's a cool toy. I don't want to take that away from Tracker Tom. Is a cool toy. Definitely. It's a little bit racist, but I actually like its design. <laughs> I think it's a great toy. It's a he's good uh, backup spirit, you know. <laughs> We got spirit. Yes, we do. We got spirit. How about you? 
Oh, so uh, I suppose I they had to, to move on. I mean, like the call line also has a character named uh, Bengali or, or something. Bengala. Who is that like proper Indian dude? Indian dude. but Although he's a proper Indian dude, but the character, his skin tone is, is white. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. So you got the opposite problem the countdown has. Uh, well, gents, I don't know about you, but I think I'm in the mood to uh, put Shooter Sam and Bronson... Maybe Howlin' Harry. Howlin' Harry. Into the mule's van and go on a little covert night strike. Do it. I have some exciting news to anyone who's made it this far. Yes, G.I. Joe yeah, Berg yeah. is about, G.I. Joe Berg is about to publish another YouTube video. Dun, dun, dun. Mm. The flag goes live <sighs> tonight. So, be Ooh. sure to check out our YouTube channel. Just search G.I. Joburg and you'll find us. It's going to go live tonight. Whenever you're listening to this, that's the night it's going live. Oh, shut up, Robert. <laughs> it, will be, it will be live by the, time by the time this episode is released. Steve is such a super villain. Why? <laughs> I'll just be a plain villain. Oh, a plain vanilla up. villain. Ooh. Yeah. Be quiet. <laughs> Gents, any closing remarks? I got a few. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, of course you do. It's like, oh, oh God, Motormouth has got something to say. Um, so there's some uh, little things. Oh, uh, shut about, up, Paul. Oh, shut up, Paul. Oh, it didn't work. I just got to say, it's kind of it's kind of interesting right now where we're at um, – with G.I. Joe, and, and I've been thinking about this quite a bit now as I've been going through and trawling through the toy stores and stuff like that. You know, I originally was uh, kind of looking for stuff to not to supplement my G.I. Joe collection, you know, to kind of add to it, you know, to, to have like a vehicle, you know, that the Joes can use as well and, you know, go for scaled stuff. Steve, I know that you've had experience with this as well, and as you too, Rob, um, where we purposely have gone and bought like one to eighteen scale die cost motorbikes, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, because it goes with the scale of the toys, and in some cases they work quite well. The point I'm trying to make is that there is a lot of crap out there, but there are gems, and some of them were mentioned tonight. Uh, definitely, uh, the PTE stuff. Honestly, you cannot go wrong with anything from PTE. Even a bad PTE is still a good vehicle, and will complement your GI Joe collection. The Chat May stuff that has sort of been repurposed by Toys R Us. There's some great stuff out there, and I don't think that we should be snobs about it anymore. And I, and I, can't t- I kind of feel like sometimes as G.I. Joe collectors, we tend to be a bit more snobbish, also because we don't have tons of money, also because we don't have lots of space. But the Corp, for example, has some fantastic new stuff out there. They've got a, they call it a mission vehicle, their new mission vehicle, which is a 4x4-styled vehicle, back seats, front seats, um, little notch in the back. Yes, the guns are kind of oversized, but they're easy to remove, and it's a great vehicle. I've got one, okay, so I can I can vouch for it. It's a great vehicle. They've also got some cool submarine speedboat uh, kind of combo. You know, if you want to make it part of your Cobra forces or Joe kind of ambush co- uh, covert ops forces, it's also it's another great toy. They got this massive helicopter thing, and it's got a working winch and a very tiny jeep. Try to look past your Joe Snobbery and try to see, you know, if you can pick up a diamond in the rough here and there. I'm definitely going to uh, get myself one of those ch- uh, Chinooks because I like it a lot. 
And in the same toy line, they've got a vehicle which looks very much like the Moray. And the only reason I'm holding off from that is because I think for another 500 bucks more, and that's Rands, so for another 30 or $40, maybe $50 more, I can get myself an actual Moray. So that's pretty cool. But yeah, please keep your eyes open for Diamonds in the Rough. And, uh, you know, with the way that the Joe line's looking and with the fact that Lenard's putting so much effort into their core line, it might be worth checking out again. I'm seeing vehicles here like that are just jumping out at me. There's one or two that I'm sure I own. Did you guys ever have that tank from the Cord? It, it looks like a lot. It's kind of like a mix of the Wolverine and the Persuader kind of thing. It's. I'm pretty sure we have that. Persuader? Why is it yeah, wheels? Um. Yeah, I'm trying to find it again. I had a nice picture. No, it's got treads, but it's just the way. No, not Persuader. Slugger. It's very similar to the Slugger. It's got a. And it's got like uh, little guns that pop out of these like two back hatches that open up for guns. You can put two guys in the turret. You can put two guys in like the driver's seat. And there's a uh, it's yeah three in the front, two in the back. It's really cool actually. Uh, and I'm certain I'm, we have that. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure got I had a one of these little myself. box missile launcher on the the starboard side. Yes, it does. Yeah. It does. I I have two of those actually. They badass. I'm looking at one now that's decked up with uh, modern era Cobra figures, and it works. It works yeah, real well. There's a lot of really cool stuff out there which works with G.I. Joe, and um, it was really cool to kind of do this episode and kind of look at non-G.I. Joe stuff and think, yeah, that, that works with G.I. Joe. No, there's some okay. stuff that is just too bubbly. Okay, the term I use is too bubbly. <laughs> I've seen some core vehicles that got this helicopter the small one-seated helicopter, I would never go for that personally. It's not a Joe Snobbery thing. I just look at it, and it's too bubbly. I don't know. It's just round. It's got no real edging. The design is kind of, for me, it's kind of off. And they've also yeah. got these jets that are, they look like, um, to me, they look more like dropships, like, uh, you know, high-orbit dropships that you would, you know, drop them from stratosphere to assist with some kind of halo deployment or something. But they're not like jets by any... Uh, Stretch of the imagination for me. Hey, look, it's a poor man's jet. I mean, it is. A, a, a well-proportioned jet, and say nothing about scale, well-proportioned jet will be a rather large toy. No, yeah. granted. And I, I so understand. So you could that. stick a figure in one of those bubbles and swoop it around your living room, conceivably playing with it as a jet, even yeah. though it looks way off. I just hope Hasbro can take a page out of the cause, I don't know, design, or not design, but marketing book. Somehow the core is producing vehicles that in some ways are actually on par with modern era G.I. Joe vehicles. And that's right, I said that. Okay? Modern era Joe vehicles have lots of stickers and have one or two little niche fun little things here and there that they add that make them a little bit better in quality. Um, than the the core vehicles, but that core field vehicle Jeep thing is fairly close to my um, Vamp 4x4. Yeah. GI uh, Joburg goes controversial. And it's I mean uh, the the difference. GI Joburg dope. and Corp Town. Corp Town. <laughs> I like my core. Are we doing our uh, second unpopular opinions episode right as well? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I think Paul just said that. Uh, Core vehicles are almost on par with modern G.I. Joe stuff. Well, considering that there is no modern G.I. Joe stuff anymore, um, yeah, I'm hastening to agree with you. Mm. 
<laughs> yeah, but don't just agree with me because there's a drought. Look, <laughs> come and check it out. Yeah, I mean, no, I'm not about to say that uh, that that core vehicles necessarily approach the the quality of of a GI Joe vehicle, but they are hell of a lot of fun, and uh, they definitely have their place. All right, listeners, it's good to be back, but uh, I think I'm going to go and crack open my Bionic 6 Quad Runner, see if I can rectify its pulsating cannon feature. <laughs> yeah, fix it. That's not code for anything. Oh. Oh. <laughs> good night, everybody. Goodbye. Till next time and next episode, everybody. Ha- have a good time. Fast approaching episode 50. Hope you're going to be there with us. We'll bring Core and G.I. Joe to the party. Oh. Oh, yeah. And there'll be whiskey. Lots wow. of whiskey. Ready?